This is GabNet, the great American broadcast network. Talk radio like you've never heard it before. It's a Thursday night, and you're with The Exchange. My name is Rob Alfano, and we're going to spend the next hour together talking, exchanging ideas. GabNet Live is how you connect to us, and it's open right now. GabNet Live on Skype or 347-352-0079. The last night of the week for the exchange. Tomorrow night, of course, is the exam. And, uh, you know, that's our game show. I just wanted to remind you that that starts tomorrow night at 9 p.m. But you can look for GabNet Live to be up prior to 9. Uh, I figure it's a good idea to try to get the citizen panel going um, before the show starts so we can get our get our contestants all set so we don't need to spend too much time in the beginning of the show waiting for contestants to join, all right? So tomorrow night, uh, I'm going to open up uh, the Skype line probably somewhere around 10 minutes till, uh, you know, t- till, the, till 9 p.m. And uh, I'll answer it and we could uh, chit-chat while we're waiting to go live and uh how about that so we'll do that tomorrow night um skype is open right now the citizen panel is open and the uh skype number is uh gabnet live um 347-352-0079 for those of you who would like to use your telephone you can visit us at gabnet.net for more information on how you can get on on the citizen panel uh, more information about our programs on the great american broadcast network All of that is available right there. Uh, Our program schedule tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, it's Alex Bennett's Ramble. He goes from 10 until midnight. And then at midnight, it is time to turn up your geek. It's about passion because that's what Miranda Janelle is all about. It's getting geeky with Miranda Janelle. And it's at midnight Eastern tonight, uh, just about three hours from right now, she'll be getting started. And so just again, a reminder, tomorrow night it's the exam, and uh, that's at 9 p.m. Eastern tomorrow night, and I will open the citizen panel early. I'll make an announcement um, on the network uh, about 10 to 9 when I open up the uh, the phones, so... Uh, We can get ready for that. All right, so I want to get started tonight here with um, a couple of things. I've been doing a lot of thinking um, about this program um, and have had some discussions with people about this program, and uh, I'm going to make some changes to this program. Um, So, and it's going to start, it's going to be phased in over time, but it's, it already has kind of started. Um... Just a little, just a little background on this. Um, this is the first time I've ever done a talk show. I've been in the radio business for many years, and I've always played music. I've uh, worked, uh, you know, your basic pop top forty stations. I've worked uh, oldies radio. Um, I've done some jazz. Um, I did a little country. Uh, so I've done, uh, you know, in all of my years of radio. 
It's always been in the music vein. I've never done a talk show. So when Gabnet started up, and and, and uh, I've been a big, big fan of Alex Bennett's for, you know, 35, 40 years now, you know, more, actually, since like 1970, um, and uh, I, 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 I said, wow, Alex is going to be on this network. Um, I started calling in and I got involved here and I started doing some of the promos that, you know, things that we play just before this program. And then, of course, uh, I had the idea to do the GabNet Rewind program. And after a few weeks of doing that, Alex asked me straight up, would you like to do a live program here on GabNet? And I thought to myself, I don't know that I could sustain an hour broadcast um, you know, without the crutch of music behind me, I'd have to think about what it is that I want to do. And so I, I basically said that to him and told him that I would get back to him when I could think of something that I wanted to to do a show about. I've had a couple of ideas here or there. The game show idea, I love doing the game show, but I don't think it's a sustainable five-night-a-week thing to do. So um, that's where it sat. You know, I just, I kept thinking about it. I talked to some friends about it. I, you know, I'm, I'm busy too. So I, you know, uh, I didn't think about it morning, noon, and night, but it was always in the back of my mind that someday if I find something I really want to do, I'm going to ask Alex if I could take an hour and, and, and do this particular program. And, and the game show was something that I had been working on. Um, but then all of a sudden, here it was, uh, I go to New York with my wife to spend a couple of days in, in New York City. And during that time, I get together with Albert. I meet Albert for lunch. The, my wife and I meet Albert for lunch. We have a great time. And then the next day, uh, my wife and I go up to Alex's apartment and we meet Alex and Marjorie. I, and we, we meet Alex and Marjorie. We go out to dinner. We have a very nice evening together. It was wonderful. And... All of a sudden, Alex, out of the blue, says to me, would you do Albert's show? I just have this feeling that Albert's not going to stick around. Uh, I was like, really? I didn't get that impression. Well, all of a sudden, the next day, it's like <laughs> he announces on the air that he's re he's resigning. And then without even thinking about it, uh, you know, when Alex approached me, I said, sure. And I, and I just sat in this seat. And since I filled in for Albert so many times over the, uh, the past... Uh, you know, summer every Friday and, and and some other days in between, I just sat here and I did Albert's program. It was called, uh, I'm drawing a blank on what Alex, pro oh, the, the, uh, the public house, right? It was Albert's public house. And I sat here and I did what Albert did. Now I'm not Albert and I, I didn't try to do an Albert impression. So I was me doing Albert's program. I wasn't trying to do an impression of Albert doing Albert's program. It was just, you know, me doing it. And 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 so I sustained it. Uh, I did it for a week when he went on vacation. And I thought to myself at the end of it, you know, I, I don't know. This is not something that I could see myself doing long term. I just, um, I don't know. I And then going back to doing it just every Friday, I did enjoy that very much. Just one day a week coming in here and sitting and doing his program. Well, so now I've been doing this for almost a month, right? This is, uh, we're here in the beginning of October. It's just coming up on a month now of five days a week, one hour a night. And I got to tell you, it's not something that I, uh, uh, that I love to do this type of format, this, this, you know, looking at the news, uh, going over politics, talking about politics, seeing what's in, in the headlines. It's not me per se. Uh, so what 
I think we're going to do, and what I know I'm going to do, is I'm just going to change the program. I'm not going to come on the air, and I'm not going to read headlines anymore. And if you notice, the last two nights, uh, outside of um, Rin's uh, mention of Ebola, uh, we really didn't talk news headlines. We just talked about what, what's on your mind. Last night we talked about my screw-ups, my mess-ups, you know, uh, working on my house and stuff that happened around here. You know, we talked about all kinds of stuff. And and the program, I want it to be more about what you want to talk about as well. Things that are going on that you come to the table with. But we can't do that if we don't have you calling in. And that's the other problem that we're having here on this program specifically is a low citizen panel participation. I don't know if it's the fall television schedule. I don't know if it's the football games. It's Thursday night tonight. Um, I don't know if it's the time of day. Um, But whatever it is, I can't sustain an hour here every night without... I don't want to be Walter Cronkite at 9 p.m. I just made a reference that half the people don't remember who Walter Cronkite is. I don't want to be the the news guy coming on here and reading an hour's worth of the latest news headlines, waiting for someone to bite on a story that they think is interesting. Now, I stay away from, I have not mentioned ISIS throughout the time that I was doing the news. Uh, I did not mention the, the thing going on in ISIS, you know, with, with uh, you know, us bombing in, in, in Syria and all that. I don't really want to talk about that. Alex is way better at it than I am. I don't think that's my milieu. Is it what is it? Milieu? Is that how you say that? I don't think that that's my strong point. Milieu. Yes. I, Damien has joined us, and I'm having trouble hearing you, Damien. Can you hear me now? Wow, you sounded all. Did you I'm change? Hearing a lot of buzz. Are you hearing that too? Yeah, I don't think that's your. I don't think that's coming from your headset. I think you have another microphone working at the moment because I hear that fan behind you. So I'm not quite sure, but that's not the same. Maybe you need to replug the microphone in or something, but it's certainly not right. Yeah, not working. Can barely understand you. Um, Do you want to call back? All right, fix it and give me a buzz back. In the meantime, let me get back to what I was talking about. So um, the game show is going to stay. I'm considering adding a second night of the game show. It's the, it's the most difficult program that I, uh, that I do um, because it requires a lot of show prep, but it's so much fun. And I think it's more fun to listen to because it's, you know, people... I've been told that the feedback I've gotten is that the show is fun to listen to and it's fun to participate in. And, uh, and it's, I enjoy doing it because it's different. And that's what I'm looking for. I mean, Alex does, he has, he has the news covered, you know, he's been doing it for 60 years and Alex is, I'm not going to take anything away from Alex and what he does with the news and the kind of dialogue, you know, you could sit here and read a news story and if you don't really know how to do it, the panel will just sit there and look at you. I found that out first, firsthand. You have to understand how to get something out of the panel with that kind of thing. And Alex does an amazing job of that. And that's what he does. I have no experience with that. I don't have enough interest in all of the stories. I'm a commenter. I like going on Alex's program. I like to comment on it once in a while. To lead the discussion is just not something that's 
you know, something that I'm interested in. So the other, th- so so we're going to drop the news. We're not going to do the news. We may do a news story now and then if something major happens and and you know you can't avoid it. Yes, but to to come on the air every night and do what Albert did by going over headlines. We're not going to do that anymore. So that's changing about the program, and that's changed as of actually two nights ago. Uh, I stopped doing that. Uh, what else do I want to mention about? Oh, the other thing is um, this is an hour long program. Um, uh, we've got Damien back. Say hello. Hello. Oh, there you are. Did you figure out what was wrong? Yeah, no, um, Skype defaulted to this shitty-ass microphone instead of my headset mic. There you go. So uh, just to finish up on the the new rules, so to speak, here, this is an hour program. It it goes from 9 p.m. Eastern to 10 p.m. Eastern. But that doesn't mean it needs to be an hour program every night. I'm not going to tap dance. I'm not going to uh, fumfer here looking for things to talk about. The program is called The Exchange. If people call in and they want to exchange ideas, if you had a bad day like I had yesterday with the alarms going off in my house and, and you, you want to talk about something, you call in and we'll talk about it. And we're done at 10 o'clock because that's when Alex's program comes on. But if uh, at 930 or 9.40, or at 9.20. There's nobody calling because they're watching the, the, the football game or whatever. I'm just going to go back to the network. Um, and then Alex will take it at 10 p.m. So that's sort of where this program is going to go. I, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm, I can't come on the air every night wondering how I'm going to fill an hour. Um, you know, the, this program requires listener participation. And, uh, s- you know, short of that... It becomes a monologue, and, uh, you know, I, I can do a few minutes, but I'm not going to do an hour monologue every night because just don't have it in me to do. We're also joined- and, and you can go to any other channel anywhere else and hear a monologue from anybody. And, you know, I don't give a shit about what they think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, could t- I could listen to Alex. He can, he can, he does his 30 minutes at the top of the show. He could go longer. He's done it longer when he talks to Jim. It's, I enjoy it. I've, I've, like I've, like I said, I've enjoyed Alex for many, many years. He, he has a way of drawing you in, right? Just with his stories. He's a story nope. gentleman. He has a lot of, you could bring up a, a somebody and Alex could have easily had, you know, a personal contact with this person and can tell you a story and that's fascinating alex's entire career has basically been built around his monologue he's had callers before but the callers were always you know two three minutes maximum yes and uh you know it was other than that we all tuned in to hear uh, hear alex speak exactly i didn't tune in to hear his callers call in you know i called in every once in a while but you know uh, the only reason why i was listening is so i could hear his monologue frankly exactly and and then how he how he interacts with with the callers um and and that's what's important on this program we have the citizen panel which is different from 
from any other talk format. I mean, it is a, it's a conversation around a, you know a, a, around a, a coffee table. It's a, you know you're sitting on your sofa on a Friday night or a Thursday night or a Tuesday night, and you're just having conversation. And yes, I lead the conversation and try to steer it in certain directions at certain times, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to lecture uh, or 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 you know I. Everybody, that's the beauty of it. It's not like you come, you say your 30 seconds, and you're gone. You're here, and you're part of the program, and, and, you, and you, uh, you, know, you are the program. Doug? Well, go ahead, Doug. Oh, anyway. Hey, um, talking about part of the program was something you were talking about yesterday, and I was like listening to the replay of the show, and you are asking about how to detail your car. Right. And I told you that the buffer I had was a Porter Wagner. Oh, he's in his garage. <laughs> That's a country singer, you know. It's actually <laughs> it's a it's a quarter cable. Quarter cable. Quarter there you cable. go. That's Listen the one. I, that's the one I saw on the Chemical Guys website. Yeah, uh, that's the one they're now, recommending. That's the actual one they're right. recommending that you just showed. Now owned by Dewalt, and Dewalt is actually, I believe, Dewalt is now owned by Porter Cable, and Porter Cable is owned by oh, there's a there's a third person. I forget it. Porter Cable isn't what it used to be and DeWalt isn't what it used to be I want to say we're joined by Mike Spalt is that how you say it Mike? Yes it is Welcome to the program you're new to to this program Yes I I appreciate uh, your participation I've been uh, trying to make a phone call in but uh, sometimes it's a little tricky with my particular schedule Uh What do you do? uh, uh, are Are you on the east coast, the west coast? Uh, I'm in uh, Louisiana, New Orleans. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a work schedule thing to get home by a certain hour to get Yeah, usually the- so. I mean, usually I have my daughter all during the week, and it's doing homework, trying to get ready for bed. And uh, right at about this time, it's uh, shower time and right before bedtime. Right. But uh, tonight, uh, she's actually with her mom, so I am uh, free. Well, I, I appreciate you giving us a call. And, and uh I, I was just going over, you know, uh, what we're going to do on this program and to uh, to change it, to make it mine and yours, as opposed to being me doing Albert Reynoso's program. Because what that's kind of what happened. I just it was like, hey, can you do it? Uh, start Monday, uh, okay? I sat down and I just did what I did when I filled in, as opposed to making it my program. So we're going to do that now, and I'll be happier because if I sit here bored, I, you know, when I'm doing the show prep and I'm going through the stories and I'm on CNN and I'm on Drudge and I'm on these websites and I'm looking at stories and I always try to find ones that are like offbeat, you know, I, 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 I but even still, it's like, I don't, you know, you know, the thing is you really are doing Albert's show and you don't want to do Albert's show, but what you're looking for really was what Albert did. You know, you don't want to sit here and do 60 minutes of monologue. You want people to call in and talk about whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And, and that's pretty much precisely what Albert did. I can't imagine, and it never happened, but I can't imagine Albert doing a show and having to do a monologue for 60 minutes. It just wouldn't happen. You no, know, he, yeah. He opened the his show panel as all the about theme. interaction with the audience. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's what yours is as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm just changing it up in that I, you know, I mean, it's been this, you know, I, I would come up, I would do 10 or 12 stories that I would, you know, say, let's talk about these tonight. And I would start reading a story and first of all, I'm reading a story. I think it's boring, right? I'm reading a story, and then 
what I see is heads nodding. I'll make a comment about it and heads nod and there's no real discussion on it. So I go, it's like fishing. It's like going fishing. I throw in the line and does anybody really want to make a comment on this? Or the not. problem is that all of your audience members already agree with you, and so, so we have nothing else to say. There you go. That's <laughs> and that's exactly that's exactly my point. And uh, so I don't want to belabor it. It's going to change. I'm going to do two nights a week of the game show, um, and uh, three nights of the open format, um, and and we're gonna we'll just play it by ear. And I would like to add other new things to the three nights. And karaoke. I uh, see. I think that would be a blast. We just don't have the the uh, license to play the music because I would oh. do that in a heartbeat. I, I mean, Rob, I think you should do it anyway until you get your cease and desist letter, and then you can go ahead and cease and desist. I mean, in the meantime, we are going to have three or four months of good time. Come on. You think? I, I should really talk to Alec. I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to, to to do something so blatantly against the rules unless I got... They're not going to sue you outright no, without you're right. sending you a cease and yeah. desist letter first. What I could do is, you know, I would I would use this uh, Snap SingSnap uh, website. Right. I would set up my computer here and I, you know, ask people what song they would want to sing. Right. And then I could call up that song and I would I could credit Sing Snap and maybe that would, you know, I don't know that that would do anything. I mean, it, it's something okay, that, they'd be satisfied with that. Again, well, Al, Al, yeah, Albert tried that with me one time before I told him I like you know, saying Georgia satellites, keep your hands to yourself. And it was like, well, let's go. And he started playing it, like, catch me off guard. I mean, I probably know the lyrics, but, you know, I still like to be careful yeah, what in front of me. Yeah, but the difference with that is he was going to give you a couple of, like, maybe 30 seconds or a minute of it. And we're talking about building an hour program around it. That's a little different. If I just had you, you know, we do it all the time. We play little snippets of songs or whatever, and, and that's one thing. But to say we're going to do a show that is music-based. Hey, can, can I ask Mike two questions? There's like a half second delay in Skype, so you really couldn't do karaoke um, via a Skype caller. Yes, you, you could. Know? Yes, you could because you're not hearing it. The the when you're on the Skype call, you're not hearing it on a delay. If you have a decent connection, yeah. No, I'm, no, on the Skype call, I'm not hearing it on a delay. But I, when I listen to the replay, right. I can definitely hear. I'm I, I'm responding a half second after right. somebody asked me a question. That's correct. That's correct. Yes, Mike, a question? Go ahead. Sure. Two questions. Uh, I think I've asked this first one. Uh, what part of Louisiana are you from? And second, uh, there's n nothing like a nice pair of tires in the background of this nice house that you live in there. <laughs> I mean, with the molding and uh, hardwood floors and the tiles. And we got up and it was like, what, 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 what car or what vehicle is those tires going on? Uh, let's see. I am about 30 miles north of New Orleans. Uh, just across the, uh, is a huge lake called Lake Pontchartrain. Uh -huh. And uh, so I'm, I'm just north of that on uh, New Orleans. So very south part of Louisiana. Uh, the tires behind me, um, I actually have a Mustang, just like Rob's uh, 2012 a yeah. GT Mustang. And uh, I had ordered some new tires, uh, probably a third set, and I'm at 85,000 miles on the car. But it's kind of one of the benefits of not uh, being married. You can actually order tires, roll them in your front foyer, and leave them there until you're going <laughs> to install them. I thought you were going to do that. You know, you know you're a redneck line. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess if they were like big mud tires, then yeah. I, I could fall in line with that. But uh, 
So uh, <laughs> you, you're on your third set of tires. How many miles? Uh, 85,000. Uh, now, I'll say the, the, the set that came on the, uh, the car itself, really expensive tires. They're like $450 each tire. Which ones were they? And the summer tires? The they were, yes. The uh, Bridgestone Potenza. Yeah. It was on the... With the Brembo brake package. And, yeah, that's what my uh, so, friend got with the but that Brembo ba uh, brake package. Yeah, yeah. And a fantastic tire initially, but really got kind of greasy feeling after about uh, 6,000 miles on them. They only lasted to 29,000 miles. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because of really crazy driving technique or anything like that. So I replaced them with exactly the same tire that I have behind me and got, I guess, close to 50,000 miles out of these. And oh, that's cool. half the price, you know, $200 versus $450. What brand, what brand behind you? Uh, it's, a, it's called Nitto, N-I-T-T-O. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Really? And, like a, and really? Like a tire? Like a what? Is it a, like a tire made in Korea or like China or something? Uh, I'm not sure. They've been around for quite some time. But uh, yeah, they... they do fantastic really good grip and they don't get hard and uh slippery after mm -hmm. a short amount of time yeah i, I have the you mentioned you mentioned summer tires are is, is there actually people who actually buy different tires for summer and winter oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. they bite the road they're soft and so they so do they have a do they have a separate set of rims that no. they just have these tires on well you or might do they actually swap out the tires that's and, you know, question. every season. That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. I, I've seen them. They actually have two sets of rims. And especially uh, some of the places, they, they actually That's have a winter tire or a snow tire. Right. Yeah, right. and a lot of people get away with more of a all-season tire. That's what I use. And uh, it does snow okay and ice okay and summer driving pretty much fine for most passenger cars. But down here in Louisiana, although last year we did get snow like two or three times, which – but – all the roads get shut down here. We, well, we can't. Tires, I'm going to be putting tires on my car this weekend. You know, it's like down to the warning bars. And I'm so glad I got rid of that GTI. I mean, I was like putting, you know, tires like uh, Fusions, you know, just uh, the budget tire. But, you know, we'd lucky to get 20,000 miles out of those damn things. Well, and, you get yeah. what you pay for. It costs you the same. And then you're. Oh, I know. Yeah, I realize that. But um, I didn't get I didn't have good luck with my first tires on my Mustang. I, uh, and But then, of course, what did I do? I bought the same tires again, uh, but only because... Well, they... I'm kind of wondering, because I'm I'm approaching 65,000 on the factory tires that I bought the car wow. with. Wow. So, I, you I know, I'm, I'm kind of... I, I know that um, new tires is coming up here pretty darn quick, right? That's pretty good, 65. I got... Uh, I only have 50 on the car, and I'm 10,000 into these tires. And I shouldn't have gotten 40 out of my last ones, because what was going on is... Uh, I was get. I had a really loud, like a like a rumble noise, and uh, the tire went bad. I don't know why the tire was. I forgot what probably they called it. Went loose or something. Say again. The steel belts can come loose at times. So that's probably what happened. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a term for it, uh, and I can't remember what it what it is right now. There's a term for when the the, the tire's like whoop 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 whoop. The faster you go, the the and it got louder and louder, and um, it'll lose its balance. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't balance because you can rebalance a tire. It had something to do with uh, oh, I can't. Think. Well, it sounds like you're, it sounds like the weight 
flew off the tire. But you know, it, the didn't. weight that they put on when they balanced it last time flew off, but it and didn't. that's why it's not balancing anymore. But it didn't, because I brought it back oh. to them, and they told me the tire shot. There's nothing you can do. From 20,000 miles on, the tire was making that noise, but yet there was plenty of tread. And so I lived with that noise until 40,000, and even still, it passed inspection. But I said I'm done with it. So I was going. Yeah. I was making a trip to New York on you know with the car, and I said I'm going to get new tires for the trip. And I bought. I I did so much research, and and mine are the um, Pirellis. And, uh, yeah. And uh, they ride nice, but I was so worried that the same thing was going to happen with these. And I've got ten thousand on them now, um, and they're fine. So I'll wait and see. It was around fifteen or sixteen thousand. And you know, I listen to my music sometimes so loud, I didn't hear it. <laughs> and, the, and the Mustang is definitely not a luxury I do vehicle. The same and, uh, thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't cover road noise, all that wonderful, but uh, yeah, especially the convertible. Uh, oh, I can only imagine. So yeah, um, but it, it, you know, these tires are okay. I, I'll be, I'll be good with them. Um, and if they go, then I, if the, if the same thing happens, then I'm going to have to think to switch tires. Um, but and they're the low profiles, right? That's yeah, yeah. Because not all Mustangs have the low. And I have the six. I don't have the the GT. I I didn't want a GT. No, but if it's worth its salt, it has the low profile, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they handle better. Uh, yeah, they handle the, better. You get a little bit louder. more uh, vibration off the road, yes. and it, it's not. A, it's a little bit more jarring. Times cooler. Yes, yeah. they do. And when those treads start getting low on those, I mean, my car hit the rain with just hydroplane like a son of a bitch and just oh, you know give me many heart attacks all the time so uh, you're was, talking about the corolla no no not the corolla um since i bought i got like twenty two thousand miles on it and it, it, it's time to replace i'm gonna put uniroils on there for about like 418 bucks and they're like uh fifty five thousand mile tires and that's a good thing going to a corolla i mean god this car is just all I've been doing is like putting gas in it and oil changes compared to the GTI. Every time I was turning around, I was putting. Yeah, but I, I hydroplaned in that car so often because it's so light. Anytime you hit any amount of water, I just skidded right across. Yeah, it. I hit a bunch of rain this week during my travels. So, and and believe me, I was you know I was waiting for that moment to happen because I said my tires are. Yeah, I mean they wouldn't pass inspection. I'll say that, but they weren't slicks. But yeah, but it was down to the warning bars. It was almost like even with the warning bars. But I, I didn't, you know, thank God I didn't hydroplane any. <laughs> yeah, well, I uh, I've, I've been happy with uh, with these tires, and but my car, I don't care what tires you put on it. With the rear wheel drive, is just you know here we get enough snow. Last year, we were we hit we hit a lot of like not a lot of snow at one time, but here if you get two inches of snow. You know, it's the D.C. area and everything closes. And the good for me, the good news is I didn't have to even get in the car. I just email my boss and say, I just sit right in this seat where I'm sitting right now and I work from home. So um, I don't even worry about leaving the house in, in nasty weather. Now, I was looking for a different kind of job, one uh, where I would be working for um, in the sales role as an engineer in a sales role where you go out and you visit clients. And I wouldn't be so lucky at that point to be able to work from home. If it's a couple of inches of snow, you know, you got to go in, you got to go meet the client or whatever, meeting to go to, whatever. And at that point, I was thinking maybe I'd have to sell the Mustang, but that never materialized. So, or at least put the Mustang in a garage and get another, another vehicle that I could drive in the snow. It's really not. A, it's like a hockey puck in the snow. 
be like a Subaru or something like that. I mean, even what my wife's driving, you know, the the she's got the four wheel Rav, the Rav Four. It, it'll be fine yeah. in the snow. But uh, you know, and and if she but doesn't it's go not to work, very heavy. The problem with the Rav Four is it's a four wheel drive, but it's not a very heavy car. It's about as light. It's about as light as a Corolla. And, well, uh, and that's why I'm a little surprised with your Mustang that it doesn't have the purchase you're thinking because I would have thought that it's much more heavier vehicle. It may be, that. but there's no weight yeah, in the back. It's rear wheel drive. There's no. There's it no really weight. is. I mean, that that surprises me that the, your Mustang is a rear wheel drive. Yeah, they, or, I think the new ones are going back to front wheel drive now. But the 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 retro Mustang, the one that they've had out since what 07 or 06, whenever they or 05. Uh, 05, yeah. Yeah, 05, when mm -hmm. they started doing the retro Mustangs, they went back to rear-wheel drive. But Does that mean you have a trunk in the front? No, 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 nothing's <laughs> different. <laughs> Engines in the front, trunks in the rear, and but just the, the powertrain is in the back. And, and huh. I haven't driven a, a car, well, I shouldn't say that, but you would never take a Corvette out in the snow. So yeah. that would be the last car I drove that was rear-wheel drive, and you just... Uh, you just wouldn't think to take a Corvette out in the snow, so I never did. But uh, let me tell you, it's it's quite an experience with that well, car in the what, snow. Yeah, what you know, it's funny when um, when I had that GTI back in April, we had I guess that uh, weird climate change where we had like a bunch of snow. I mean, probably like four inches of snow, which is very unusual for this neck of the woods there. And, and I was driving home, and I, I, I mean, I thought for sure I was going to get stuck. It was that bad, and just everybody's driving. But you, and then you had some Yahoo in their pickup truck because it was four wheel drive. Thought like you know, the hell with y'all, I'm going and just seeing them go. And I swear, every one of them who did that, I'm not saying they were doing 70 miles an hour or anything like that, but it was sort of like you know, piss off guys. I'm on a truck. I got four wheel drive. I'm going home. Man, it'd be nothing to see him in the ditch. Of course, you see that all the time. And, and, I mean, it was just hilarious. And that's what I was going to say to you regarding the weight of the RAV4, Damien, is that sometimes the heavier the vehicle, the more inertia you get. And if you lose control, you know, that weight will also make it go further, slide further. So I think actually more valid than that is the heavier your vehicle more overconfident you are well, in its abilities. Yeah. And I've seen, you know, everybody who's got a big vehicle, they're just going to go for it. They're like, screw it. And I've even done it in my escape. I'm like, screw it. I'll just do it anyway. You know, and I've been lucky. But, um, yeah, well, you don't I see think too that much. people, the larger your vehicle is, the more overconfident you are, the more hubris you have right, right. with it. You, yeah. you don't see very much snow up where you are. Uh, no, I have. We've. Ne I've never had snow. Yeah, never. I live in California. But the funny thing about this is, like as I said, this was so freaky. It caught everybody so off guard. And you know, I was thinking, it was like, okay, I'm going to hit this four lane road. You know, with the turning lane, uh, a turning lane in the you know, middle there. And I get on this road, and it's like, no, it's one lane either direction, and people are just trying to stay in the person's uh the car from you know on their tracks getting through and that was funny because all of a sudden you see somebody going down you know a legitimate lane but you'd have no idea because this thing was covered with snow and i think what happens it's like a patch of ice or something mm -hmm. you know, and it was we, like, have, we do have torrential rain here and and i've driven in rain that was so hard that i couldn't see 15 feet in front of me there's a big you know, difference if, between that if and the person snow, in though. front of me didn't have their lights on i would have smacked right 
right mm-hmm. into them because the only way I was staying in my lane was because I was following the taillights in front of me, and 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 it gets it floods, so you're hydroplaning a lot. We don't have snow here, but we do have serious serious rains. Yeah, but I I've driven in that kind of rain as well, where you really can't see in front of you. There's a big difference between that and. When I tell you my Mustang, I have a a little bit of a, you know, people would come around here and say, and I feel guilty sometimes saying I can't go to work because there's a tiny little incline that leads up to a traffic light here in my area. And my car will not, if my car will not make it up that without sliding to the side, there's a big difference between driving in slippery, (laughs) snowy weather in a rear wheel drive vehicle than in torrential, at least with the torrential rain, your vehicle is still on the ground. You may hydroplane at a speed, but I'm talking about doing five or 10 miles an hour where you can creep along and you still can't with the Mustang. It's brutal. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've never driven in snow. I never want to drive in snow. <laughs> I, that, yeah, that's something beyond my experience, and I'm happy to keep it there. Yeah, well. Hey, listen, uh, I had something happen to me today I wanted to bring up. I, did you ever do this? Did you ever? I, I belong to, uh, I did anyway, belong to Audible. You know, audiobooks. I like audiobooks. I think, you know, I, I don't have a lot of free... I, if I try to read a book, like now, if we get off... When I get off the air at 10 o'clock, if I lay down for five minutes and try to read a book, I'm out. I don't have the train anymore. I used to have the train when, you know, an hour commute back and forth to the city when I lived in New York. I would take the train and then you could read a book or whatever, but I don't read very well without falling asleep pretty quick. So I like Audible. And, and I don't remember the last time I bought a book at Audible, but I completely forgot that I was a gold member. So since late 2012, I've been paying 14 bucks a month. And the credits, they only allow you to keep six credits. So I have lost all these credits over all this time. And I, re, I realized it this morning because I was doing a little bit of show prep and I found a quote by Dennis Leary that I, I, I'll mention here in a minute. But I, I, it's from a book he has called Why We Suck by Dennis Leary. And uh, I, I, I went on Audible's site to buy the book, and I, it, it was in big red letters. You've got six credits. You can't have more than six credits. And then I started looking at the history. Holy crap. So I said, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> I, I bought six audiobooks today with the credits because if I didn't spend them today... In two days on the fifth, I would be, or three days, I would, uh, I would have to, um, I would have to uh, uh, incur another month of charges. So I bought six books today. I bought um, that "Why We Suck" by Dennis Leary, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, still fooling them where I've been, where I'm going, and where the hell are my keys by Billy Crystal, which I think should be funny. Um, and then two Beatles books, Here, There, and Everywhere, The Life, My Life, Recording the Music of the Beatles by Jeff Emmerich, who's, who was one of his uh, uh, engineers. He engineered a lot. He was in on all the sessions, but was the engineer on like the Sgt. Pepper's album and stuff like that. And I started listening to that one today, and it's, it's a great book. The other one is called Fab, The Intimate Life of Paul McCartney uh, uh, by Howard uh, Sounds. And the last one... Another one that sounds, second to last one, Secret Lives of U.S. Presidents, What the Teachers Never Told You About the Men in the White House by Cormac O'Brien. I don't know who Cormac O'Brien, but I I don't think that's a typo. 
<laughs> it's not Conan. Um, and the last one, I Tina Fey's book, Bossy Pants, because it was a bestseller. I, at that point, I couldn't think of what else I'd want to buy. I've never bought six audio books at once. So um, I, 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 I bought six books, closed the account. Now I've got a lot of books to listen to. Diana, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, it was uh, interesting. I was uh, waking up listening to the beginning of your show, and, and then it's really, I, I like the idea that you're going to change things up. And, you know, a lot of times I think, oh, I don't want to, I don't really want to talk about the news, you know, so I, I kind of just hesitate even trying to call in. But I like the idea of the two game show days. That really gets my interest. Yeah, something uh, a little different. You know? And if I can come up with another idea, I'd, I'd certainly. Uh, you know, or anybody has an idea of something that might work uh, to. Uh, well, also, I think the real important thing is that anybody should feel free to call in at any time with any topic they want to talk about, because we'll be happy to talk about that topic. Yeah, I mean, there could be something that's going on in the news that we just can't avoid talking about. And something oh, yeah. major happens, you're going to talk about it. But every day, just to catch up on the news for the sake of catching up on the news, well, you know, there's there are plenty of news networks out there that don't give you the news anyway. Why should uh, you know? <laughs> so like, yeah, like Damien says, there's a lot of different, so many just sources of the news that I I usually catch up already on my apps on or you know my my podcast. There's all these little news podcasts and mm -hmm. the, the Yahoo News actually is pretty nice. I like that the Yahoo News app. Just throw that out there. They really hit all the highlights and you know you can go in depth if you want to or not. Mm -hmm. Um, My problem with Yahoo News is that they they quote um, Huffington Post all too often. Oh, you think so? Oh, I didn't really yeah, it is. that so much. Huffington uh, Post is not a reliable journalist. Yeah, source. yeah, I, I agree with you there, uh, Damien. But who I, is I who is that. you know that's the who is a reliable <laughs> source these days? Well, frankly, they they have frequent ones that have um, the byline is Reuters or the byline is AP. Yeah. And those I'll actually read. Okay. And I know that those are actual actual news articles. <laughs> but anyone, anyone can post a news article on Huffington Post. I can, you can, anyone. And all it takes is for you to have certain keywords and, and Yahoo will pick you up as an actual news source. <laughs> and now you've got a million people reading your opinion and thinking it's news. I mean, it's, uh, Huffington Post is horrible. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you there. I, I never really noticed that. I just kind of like the way they sum things up. But um, oh, I wanted to put a plug in for the Rav Four. I had a Rav Four for oh my god, at least twelve years. What was it? Gosh, more than that. 20, yeah, fifteen, sixteen years. And that is that. I'll tell you what. I had before that. I had Nissan Sentra, and I went to do a donut. In, <laughs> no, no, not even a donut. I went to do like just a little slide in the snow, just with nobody around in a parking lot. That car, I slammed into a snowbank because it's so much heavier than than uh, you know the SUV. It's so much heavier than a than a car. That the and I had a two door Rav. I had one of the little ones. It's it's it's, 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 like, it's like, almost like the first year when they came out, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a '97. Yes, it was 97. the first year. You don't see that many two doors. Uh, yeah, that, it's got some heft to it. So, Rob, I think your wife is very safe in in the Rav. Well, <laughs> she's she's really you know. Um, she's she's not she's only been driving you know about a month and so she's not yeah. very comfortable and i know what'll happen if if it snows even with the four-wheel drive she's going to look to get out of it right now she's <laughs> still very nervous about oh, driving yeah. she's still not a very comfortable driver i haven't driven with her you know 
she makes me nervous sometimes. I mean, she's good control of the vehicle, but she does some things, and I go, oh, man, I don't want to fight with her. <laughs> so most times... Yeah, you know what? You know what? It's, that's always the way, you know, Nick. Nicole has been driving for many, many years. She's been been driving longer than I have, actually. And there's just two partners are always going to have disagreements on how one should drive. She tells you know, me I always I always allow her to drive my vehicle, but I she's always braking too often, and she tells me that I don't brake often enough. <laughs> she's <laughs> telling brake until the last minute, and I'm like, no, you're hitting the brake too often. I think that's that's normal for a couple to <laughs> always have differences on how we drive. Well, she never said a word until suddenly she's a driver now, right? She tells me I stop uh, <laughs> I stop too close to the cars in front of me. And I, I, I'm just one of the, you know, right. <laughs> I pull up, you know, I, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, two or three, three feet behind the car. She wants to we be have a, faith in our brakes. We yeah. know that our brakes work and we don't, we don't break until we have to. Well, they oh, teach okay. you, yeah. they teach you that you should be at least one car, one car length away from the car in front of you. Or, or good, uh, what state is that? Well, yeah, that, you know what that's for? That's I'll tell you California why it makes different. Well, yeah, because you've had so <laughs> yeah. much traffic. Do you realize how you'd be backed up if everybody that, wasted a, a car length? Car length for every ten miles an hour, if you can imagine that. No, but even no, stop. No, but no, even no, stop. No, but when you're stop, when you're stopped, though, what you want to be able to do is, is the car in front of it. You want to be able to see their rear wheels, just in case that car stalls out. You have enough room to get around them. Well, that's if not why like, they tell I, you though. The reason yeah. that they tell you is because if you get hit from behind. You don't want to be pushed into the car in front of you because if you're pushed into the car in front of you, now you're liable for that car in front of you. The the, the person who gets hit, uh-huh. if you're hit in the back, the person behind you is automatically responsible. So they tell you to wait. You should be a car length back. So if you get hit in the back, it has to be a pretty substantial hit for you to hit the car in front of you. That's the reason that they, in the book, they I've- tell you. Oh. I believe they actually changed that in California. It used to be two or three car lengths was what the DMV said. And now it's actually two or three seconds based on no, the you're velocity talking, you're going. You're talking driving. I'm talking stopped at a light. Right. Well, even stopped. I mean, even 10 miles an hour. You're supposed to be 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, 3, 1,000 behind the car in front of you. I don't understand even how you 10 compute miles that. An hour. So, How do you yeah, compute stopped that? is a different thing, but you know, um, when you're actually moving, they changed it so that it, you're supposed to be like pretty darn far behind them. How do you how do you compute one one thousand two one thousand three one thousand from the car in front of you? I don't understand that. <laughs> I've never understood that. If you pass a light pole. When that car passes, then you see how long it takes until you get that light. And while I'm configuring that, while I'm thinking that in my head, I've hit something. I mean, really, <laughs> two or three car You know, I like the old one car length for every 10 miles an hour because that I can kind of compute pretty easily. I mean, what is this one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000 crap? But I, I, I never got it. I was like, that's too nebulous. I, I, well, I was two one thousandths away from that car, you know. Really? No one's going to pull you over if you actually have a safe distance between you and the car in front right, of you. Right. I mean, you know what you know what distance you need in order for your car to break in that amount of time. Well, you know, and everybody knows that you know a giant big rig in front of you is going to need a lot more stopping distance than you will. And so, if he slams on his brakes, you can slam on your brakes, and you're going to stop a lot quicker than he will. Oh so you can be following him a little bit closer than you would say something that stops a lot faster. 
faster. I have a friend you who know, have so a brand- as long as you've got a good a good distance between you and the car in front of you, no one's going to fault you for that. No I've, one's no cop is going to uh, write you up for that. A couple of weeks, uh, a couple of months ago, in fact, I have a friend with a brand new 2014 Mustang, the the GT, beautiful car. I mean, it was two weeks old, and uh-huh. he was on the, the the roads here in D.C. on his way to work, and he got into this major pileup of cars it was all started by a pickup truck who did something uh and he's the guy being sued by everybody but this guy my friend's mustang he showed me pictures of this thing oh my god they needed the jaws of life to get him out wow but the mustang it was oh it was yeah (laughs) it wasn't even almost wasn't recognizable really it was how bad it was and he's sitting there with his cell phone taking video from the seat, he's taking video of the jaws of life cutting him out of the car. He is, they cannot believe he walked away from this car. And he's, he swears the Mustang saved his life. Wow. He swears that Mustang well, you know, saved his life. got another one two weeks later. And you got it's all another about safety. One. And, and the Mustangs, are, I'd say, a pretty safe car. I wouldn't call it the safest, the, you know, like Volvos are supposedly the one of the safest cars out there with like nine billion, the curtains. I don't think the Mustang has the curtains. Uh, it, well, I know it is a side not airbag. Your, not your, your convertible. I don't think mine has the side airbags because of the convertible. Uh, no, my, my Escape does, though. Yeah, it usually says on the side of the seat. I think mine has a little tag that says something about that. But I yeah, think I uh, some of them have them built into, uh, and I can't remember if it did or not, but I think one of the, behind one of the panels, I think there is an, an airbag, unless I'm thinking of my last car. Well, yeah, a panel, but I don't have any panels. Right, because it's uh, a convertible. Like yeah, the plastic you have convertible. The, the oh yes, I don't have true. the I don't have the post. <laughs> yeah, so well I, the key I'm is dead they, they have to actually put these <laughs> little labels that say there's an airbag behind it because if somebody wants to replace your seat or whatever, they have to know that there's a, an explosive device inside this thing here you know so they have to actually label where you wherever you have an airbag there's a there's going to be a little label there and i have i call my car the in the um car of a thousand airbags because there's a little warning everywhere you look yeah yeah <laughs> hey rob i'm yeah. curious about your friend who had the accident did you get the story as to what happened you know it, it was all it, it was all this uh this uh this pickup's fault i don't really know the whole story but it was all this, uh, it was like one of these um, uh, landscaper guys, one of these uh-huh. landscaper pickups, those big pickups. He just did something and, and uh, caused this major pileup. And my friend wasn't even moving. He was sparked. He was stuck in traffic and all this happened around him and he just got tossed all over the place. I mean, wow. yeah, it's scary. I mean, uh, we're involved. His wife, when, when his wife saw the car, she was like, you're not getting another Mustang. You're going to get a big, huge, you know, tank, whatever. I don't want you driving in them. He, she convinced, he, she got over that and he got another Mustang. So, <laughs> it's like, yeah, but he walked away. That's the, right. Yeah, he did. I mean, they had to take him out of it. And he had, he's got some back problems from the accident. He had some back problems prior to that. But um, he had, you know, he's got some sustaining back problems from that accident because he was jostled around pretty good amazing i mean you gotta somebody's touching you that i mean the jaws of life had he he was he was spinned in the car he couldn't get out and all he could think of was to get his cell phone out and start taking pictures and then now the insurance company is after all you know they contacted him 
and they've asked for all the video and all the pictures and so <laughs> I guess but just gotta, he's well, got to make sure that he, they know he didn't have a cell phone. It was like a nine car pileup or something like that. It was like nine cars. Hmm. And, and when you're wedged in your own car and they have to use the jaws of life to get you out and all you have is your cell phone, what else are you going to do? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you're just going to sit there and uh, browse Facebook until they get you <laughs> out of there? I mean, no, as soon as they start using the jaws of life, you better believe you're going to turn your camera to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Uh, I want to go back to this. Uh, I started this before we, we, we seem to be we seem to be. Uh, fixated on cars tonight but i i saw this quote and i wanted to get your opinion on it um from dennis leary from his book why we suck listen to this and, and let me know what you think this country including you and most of the people related to you by birth or marriage or both is populated by beings who have been so blessed for so long that they have become almost completely immune to any interests other than their own. Yes. Uh, well, um, I will say that I had a coworker in 2001 when 9/11 happened, and um, he was um, he's he's Jewish, and um, he had a lot of ties. His wife was actually from Israel, and when 9/11 happened. The only thing that he said, and this was a big thing, that he, he looked at me and it was a straight face and said, you know, this country has been complacent for too long. They don't understand the reality of the rest of the world, and it's time for this country to have a wake-up call. And, you know, at the time, I was like, how can you say that? I mean, that, that's a horrible thing to say. Yeah. But here we are, how many years later, and I'm like, well, you know, I think he was maybe right. The rest of, I mean, America needs to just kind of wake up. We've been complacent for too long. I, Diana, you had a reaction. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, I noticed, I know, I think in my, my parents or my grandparents' generation, people did kind of look out for each other more. And, you know, especially like my mother grew up through the, was born in 29, she grew up in the Depression. And, and, um, yeah, people were just there for each other. I even noticed a difference. I grew up in Buffalo, New York area. And, you know, we have those horrible winters. And um, I don't know. I, I think that made people kind of be there for each other more. Because when I moved to Cal, I moved to California in 79. Uh, and when I was 23. And I remember thinking people just were just, you wouldn't, they, they wouldn't even look up there to say hello. I mean, everybody was just in their own little, this is even before cell phones. Yeah. Everybody just kind of, you know, if you said hey to somebody, they look at you like, why Why are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, mm -hmm. I just didn't know it's a community um, when, when I lived in California, you know, just everybody's kind of in their, la, you know, la-la land kind of thing. There. And she's, Diana's totally right. As a native California, <laughs> Sorry, I can tell you this. <laughs> No, no, don't be sorry, because you're totally right, because I actually went to Manhattan the one time that I've only been to New York. Um, I walked through Manhattan, I loved Manhattan, um, and the reason why, one of the reasons why I loved it is because I was from San Francisco, and so the big city didn't really, didn't really impress me all that much, so I kind of got to walk through it as, you know, uh, kind of a native, you know, and the one thing that I really, really noticed was that everybody on the street meets your eye and then they'll nod or they'll say, Hey, or something like that. And I was astounded. Uh, Nobody in San Francisco does that. Nobody in Northern California does that. 
you do not meet other people's eye because if you meet somebody else's eye, they take it as a challenge, you oh, know, and, and yeah, you don't, you don't that's, even that's, want it. You don't even want that interaction in the first place. That's but neat. boy, when I was in, when I was in New York, I loved it. Everybody was like, Hey, how's it going? And I'm like, I don't know you. Who the hell are you? I never. I, I lived in New York most of my life. I didn't never heard the "Hey, how's it going?" to strangers. Yeah, that kind of surprised me. It sounded like you're talking about the South. I mean, they're. You know yeah. what? New Yorkers are friendly. If you go up to a New Yorker and they say, "Hey, you know, we're we're looking for this place or that place," the New Yorkers are very friendly and and they'll assist always. But I've never seen people. You know, I, just be nodding and friendly with each other that they don't know each other i'd like mike's uh comment on this because did you were you were down in the louisiana area for you know the hurricane um, oh yeah uh-huh and you know did you see uh any kind of you know did you see any truth to that or did you see the opposite of that uh i definitely saw people uh became less selfish and i th- that comment that you uh, that dennis leary said it just seems like we are becoming more selfish as it's not only a, from a nation perspective but worldwide we have become more and more selfish well definitely i i, I noticed that like after katrina uh the hurricane uh people came together uh if i went somewhere and uh somebody needed something we picked up Whatever it is, you need water, you need ice, you need gasoline. Oh, we saw gasoline for your generator over here. Uh, there was definitely a, a larger sense of community because it seemed like we were more interested in lifting each other up mm-hmm. rather than kind of getting stuck in uh, keeping our eyes down with our job. And we get so focused and, you know, run people over through traffic and right. cut them off. And mm-hmm. it, it seemed like... Uh, for a while, time actually slowed down, and it w- it was actually one of the more positive things that came out of that. I think humans, I think humans crave that connection and contact during times of crisis. And yeah. when there is no crisis, we all get caught up in our own shit, and mm-hmm. we all don't want to be inconvenienced. We all don't want to be stuck in that traffic jam. We don't want to be put out by anything. We just need, you know, nobody stops to think about anybody else until something major happens. So, and you know, it, it that it just it just occurred to me that I was in New York in '02, and uh, it was yeah. it was still pretty soon after 9/11, and I would hear from people all over the place that every time they heard an airplane, they would look up and and cross their fingers. Sirens. You know? So I was there. It, it could Sirens, airplanes. It could be that that, that's what I was seeing. Helicopters. Everybody was just kind of, yeah, exactly. Oh, it was, yeah, you you worried. Because they scared the hell out of us. The government scared the hell out of us. You Mm. know, I mean, every day I would have to go through the Midtown Tunnel or through a train tunnel. And you're in that tunnel for... In, in the bus, you know, it could depending upon traffic. Oh, tunnels and, are freaky anyway. Oh, yeah, and scary. and you know, you hear about though, well, they're going to bomb the tunnels, and they're you know, and they when the first thing they do is they close all the tunnels when something happens, and now you're in one of these tunnels, and and it you know, I, I, it took about six or eight. I'll tell you what, I had a story once. I was on a bus, and I thought there was a suspicious looking guy. I mean, maybe I was racially profiling, whatever. But I'm on this bus. It's ten o'clock at night. And this guy was all fidgety, and he's up, and he's down, and he's sweating. And I'm thinking, holy shit, this guy's hes wearing this long trench coat. And I'm telling you, I was ready to go tackle this son of a bitch. <laughs> he got off the bus, and that was the end of it. That's how paranoid we all were back in those days, you know? 
But yeah. I thought it was an interesting comment. I, I, you know, I get what he's saying. I think it's true in a lot of cases. We become that way. Um, there is no more sense of community. I don't know my neighbors here. I don't live. I live in a small town, but because there's no, you know, New York City is more of a local community where people walk to the local grocer, they walk to the local can, the corner <laughs> store, right? And so you get to meet your neighbors and talk to them here. You wave, you know, as you're pulling out of the driveway. Yeah, everybody's on their way, you know, out and stuff. So it's a different world that we live in today, you know. Anyway, I uh, we're about out of time. Yeah, uh, I hope okay. you had a good time. Uh, I did tonight. I'm, I'm relaxed. Yeah, I like to, it. You know, do like this kind of program. Uh, tomorrow night's the game show. I'm going to open Yay! up the phones early. I'm going to open up the phones about ten minutes to the hour, so we can oh, get okay. we can get ourselves running at nine o'clock instead of having to, you know, call in. I'll be there waiting for you. We can chat until nine o'clock and we'll get started. So, thank you for joining me, Doug and Damian, Mike. Appreciate sure. you you making the time for us tonight. And Diane, always good to see you. Have, yeah, thanks for the comment on the Facebook. That was nice. Oh, have a good night. <laughs> Alex Bennett and the Ramble is up next, followed by Getting Geeky with Miranda Janelle. All of the great programming right here on the Great American Broadcast Network. And I will see you at 9 p.m. tomorrow night for the exam right here on GabNet. <laughs>